Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Now onto the show. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide nine steps to love, nourish, and connect with your body to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. I'm Shay, and today, as always, I have the lovely Anna with me. Hi, Anna. Hi, everyone. (laughs) So last week, when we were recording our um, previous show's episode, Anna and I, often before we record or after we record, we hit the end of our recording and we sign off and then we have a little bit of a debrief and we have a little bit of a chat often. And last week, we got onto chatting about just what was coming up first in the week and how we were feeling. And Anna actually shared a story about um, her health. She's shared in the previous podcast episode about her health journey and this journey of healing that she's been on currently. But she also shared a story about ability to receive. And then we got into this really interesting, juicy discussion about why it's so difficult for us to be able to receive um, help, support, love, feelings of worthiness. And we just had probably about a 10, 15 minute chat after the show had ended, just diving into this. And we were sharing some personal stories and some personal examples. And at the end of it, I think, Anna, you said, we should have been recording this. And we've had a lot of conversations like that. Actually. <laughs> and in fact, that's, that's how the podcast um, whole idea and inspiration started. We were in Bali on a retreat together and, you know, we were chatting at the pool and I said to, and I was like, this is such good conversation. Like we should really start a podcast. And that's where the whole birth of this podcast came from. So it's just, a, this episode today is really just about an open, honest discussion about our ability to see, receive, especially I think as women, yeah, about being open and allowing ourselves to receive these things. So, and if you want to maybe explain your story that triggered this whole podcast, then we can start from there. 
Yeah, so as um, the listeners may know at this point of time, if they've listened to the episode where I talked a little bit about what's been going on with me health-wise, that's being in that position with my health has made me, or I don't want to say made me, but it's allowed me to explore many opportunities where I've had to ask for help. I've recently started teaching at a yoga studio in Bournemouth, one for all hot yoga. I teach there on Wednesday nights if anybody wants to come and join the class. And but through that, I've been meeting new people, which has been really great and meeting like-minded people and connecting with the community, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to teach yoga. And as I've been connecting with people, I met someone through the studio who we found out that um, we are similarly trained. He came up to me after the class and he was like, can I ask you something? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, what is he going to ask? And he asked me, what other trainings have you done um, besides yoga? Because I guess he kind of got the sense that there was more to it than just yoga. And I said, well, you know, where shall we begin? And, um, and I kind of just started rattling off all the different things I'd done. And I mentioned that I'd done my diploma in psychoneuroimmunology. And it turned out that he had done the exact same diploma. So we had actually both done the exact same diploma at the exact same time. But at the time I had been doing a distance learning. So I had been catching up on the video and audio recordings from the live training. And he had actually been live at the training. So there was kind of a connection there and we decided to meet up and have a coffee and just talk about the kind of the things that we love to talk about, right? Like health and spirituality and functional medicine and all of these yummy, delicious things. And through our conversations, I shared with him that I've been struggling a little bit with my health recently and he works with his wife and they do, I don't even know what they do, but they do magical things for people, I believe. So he said, oh, you should just come and see us and we'll give you a session. And I felt like I couldn't receive that. It was very difficult for me to be like, okay you know or like I would have said I wanted to be like oh well like I'll pay you or then he's like no no you don't have to pay me and then then when we were setting up the date and the time I haven't actually been yet so I can't tell you more about it at this stage but when when we've been setting up the date and the time I was like oh do you drink wine like I'd like to buy you a gift or something to say thank you so it's just very interesting like how we are so if somebody offers us something, which is essentially love, like help, healing energy, whatever you want to call it, we feel like now we have to do something to be worthy of it. And it's, it's this idea that to be worthy, I have to do instead of just being worthy as a being. And so it's been quite interesting for me to observe my own behaviors about how hard it is sometimes just to receive unconditionally, to not feel like we have to jump through the hoops to perfect, to perform, to please or to prove ourselves so that we can receive in our lives, but we are worthy of receivership just by being exactly who we are. And I think that's such a big difference between this idea of unconditional love, which is universal love. It's between all of us and so many of the books and the spiritual teachings and the yoga philosophy and all of it is, it keeps saying the same thing. You know, you are this pure unconditional love. You are this pure consciousness. You are this pure energy, whatever you want to term it, soul, spirit, it doesn't really matter. But that idea that 
it doesn't have to come with any conditions attached to it. So there, as soon as someone's offering you that unconditional love, straight away, we want to jump in and put those conditions on it. Okay, well, I can only receive this when I do something in return, or there's some kind of condition that I have to attach to this in order for me to be able to open those gates and let the unconditional love into me. Um, so I think it's just a really a good starting point for this conversation. And at least I know I've also got some personal examples and stories of how it's been really difficult in the past to have this feeling of receiving. And in last week when we were chatting offline, um, I said to Anna, you know, it's, it's, it's similar. I, I've had this feeling as well of, of not being able to receive. When I first moved to London and Warren created a surprise birthday party for me and all these people rocked up and I felt this awkwardness and this real like sense of no why are you guys here I don't feel deserving of having this all these people come around who yes they were friends from university days but I hadn't been in contact with them for years I'd been living in South Korea so it just felt very unnatural and awkward and I felt like people mustn't show up for me and people mustn't just celebrate me and give me presents and it felt very awkward and 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 yeah I kind of know if there was shame involved there for some reason or whatever it was but if I reflect back on it like having a much wider lens and I look at all the things that had come in my life before that and particularly with reference to this really emotionally manipulative and I'd say probably emotionally abusive relationship that I was in prior to getting married to Warren. Like I think that really knocked my sense of worthiness. And I think our ability to be able to receive for me at least is connected to two things. We have to number one, feel worthy of receiving. And the second is that we have to be open to receiving it because we can feel as worthy as we, as we can, you know, but then if we're not open to be able to allow those, those people to be able to, to share with us or, or give to us or support us in whatever way, then we can just close ourselves off to it. And similarly, if we are open to it, I mean, we may be wanting and ready to receive help and support, but if we don't feel worthy of it, then we kind of block that support somehow, or we do something to, again, put those conditions on it or something else to limit the amount of support that we can get. Yeah, and so I would love it actually because this is such a juicy conversation and I'm learning even from the things that you're saying to how do we distinguish between worthiness and allowing? Because it feels like, at least to me, like when we feel worthy, we allow more. So how do you distinguish the difference? I actually, in preparation for this podcast, I did a lot of journaling on this in the last few days. And I was asking myself that exact question, you know, how do we get people or how do we build that sense of worthiness for ourselves? And one book that I've been reading recently is Gabby Bernstein's Spirit Junkie. Um, I've had it on my shelf for ages and I just haven't read it. And it's so funny because so many of the books and the spiritual teachings that I read all all say the same message, just packaged in a different way. And this is definitely what I found. The same message repeats and repeats and repeats. And right before the show, when we were chatting, Anna's like, oh no, I've got a comment from another book and maybe you'll share that now. But for me, this, this idea of worthiness, and this is reflected also in Gabby's work, is that when we feel worthy, we are feeling that sense of union or feeling that sense of togetherness with that universal concept of love or positive energy or universe or soul, spirit, God, whatever it is that you choose to term that essence. When we feel in union with that, then we create a sense of worthiness. But when we 
have a separation from that. So when we feel cut off from that source, that's when we start to feel more and more unworthy. And for me, in, you know, a very personal example is we can create that separation for ourselves when we put other people on pedestals or when we look up to other people and we think, oh, they're better than me because they've got the better body, the better house, the better job, the better family, the more Instagram followers, the business, whatever it is, we can create that separation for ourselves by placing that person above us. And when we place someone above us, then we've got the sense that they're up there and I'm down here and we, are create, we create that separation and that distance between them and us. But if we can start to reduce that and say, you know, that person, the specialness of that person and what I'm looking up to in them is the same specialness that is within me. We create more of a union and we create that unity back to that sense of wholeness. And that is, I think, what creates this trigger back into worthiness. And we can do this all the time. I mean, think about all the, the social media accounts that we follow. follow we, we, we put these people on pedestals based on what their lives look like, based on how we're scrolling through this tiny little app. We can do that ourselves all the time. For me, in my time previous to marrying Warren, I was in a really, really difficult, challenging relationship, which in hindsight, I learned a lot about myself and I grew a lot from it. But I think I've only grown through that relationship in the last few years rather than actually in the time of the relationship. But in that relationship, I was made to feel, feel very separate. And in the way that this guy acted and behaved, he put himself on a pedestal and forced that separation onto me. So I was very disconnected and it was even, if I look back at it now, you know, when I, in times when it got really, really stressful and really challenging and I said to him, you know what, I actually can't be in this relationship anymore. I need to, to step away from it. I need to break from it. And he reinforced this idea of separation by saying to me that if you leave me, I will make your life living hell. I will turn all your friends against you. I will really like kind of reinforcing that idea of separation, which then makes you even feel even more like isolated and separated, which that then cuts you off from that universal sense of union, love, whatever it is. And when you cut off from that, you don't feel very worthy because you don't have that big flow of, of love and of, of energy that's supporting you all the time. So yeah, I don't know if that answered the question of, of the difference between allowing and worthiness, but I think once you have worthiness, it's easier for you to allow. Yes, definitely. And I'm going to, I've got actually so much I want to say and also some light bulb moments that I've had as you've been speaking that I want to mention as well. But I, I want to just first read this quote from this book because I think it really ties in with this idea of the allowing and the wholeness and the separation. So the book is by Anita Mojani and it's Dying to Be Me. I'll just recommend that everybody reads it basically because um, I've just absolutely loved it and it's spoken to my heart um, so much but basically Anita had a near-death experience and um, she shares this in the very beginning so it's not a spoiler um, alert but um, she had a, she had cancer she was literally you know her organs were failing she was in hospital you know breathing her last breaths and shares her experience of coming back to this world and healing and living her life and then you can obviously read the rest of the book for all the juicy details and everything she shares and what she's learned from this experience. And the, the foreword is by Wayne Dyer as well. So as Shay says, so it must be legit. <laughs> <laughs> when there's a Dyer involved, you know. <laughs> um, I'll just read this quote, which is, 
since the tapestry of all time has already been woven, everything I could ever want to happen in my life already exists in that infinite non-physical plane. My only task is to expand my earthly self enough to let it into this realm. So if there's something I desire, the idea isn't to go and get it, but to expand my own consciousness to allow universal energy to bring it into my reality. Pursuing what I desire only reinforces separateness, whereas allowing means that means realizing that since we're all one and everything is connected, that what I desire is already mine. And I think to use the words or the explanations that you gave is when we're comparing on social media or just in everyday life and we're looking to what we don't have and looking at that lack and that scarcity, whether it's in relationships, in business, in health, when we're highlighting what we don't have or what we lack and, and then we're saying, I want that, but I don't have it. That's creating that separateness. But if we are whole, we are opening ourselves up to allow that receivership for the things that are meant for us to come to us because everything is already there. It's just actually allowing it to be received. And when you were talking and you were sharing the story you had in your previous relationship about that, that separateness, I was also thinking about what is another example of separateness if somebody hasn't maybe necessarily had a, I know lots of women actually have from the women I've spoken to had unhealthy relationships, but if someone hasn't had that experience, how else could we look at this? And I was thinking of my own personal circumstance at the moment where I feel separated sometimes from my health because when I'm feeling in poor health, I feel separated from wellness. And then there is this frustration because being well allows me to do stuff, to show up in my business, to serve clients, to work out, to do, 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 do. And then the doing is what gives me the worthiness. And so feeling unwell is really pushing those like not good enough with those unworthy buttons because I can't do. But part of the process for me, I think this is why I love this book so much, is just this knowing that whether I'm feeling well or unwell or if I'm having a good day or a bad day, when I'm connecting to myself and I'm connecting to my truth and my true expression of who I am, I can just surrender and I can just be, and it, it doesn't even matter how I'm feeling, which is, is by no means an easy thing to do. But I think it's starting to strip back some of those layers, some of those shadows, some of those things I still need to look at within myself. Each week we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring, and helping hundreds of women, and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or Kombucha and Color, we'll send you a wonderful, restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. 
You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over a hundred pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28 day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or kombucha and color, kombucha underscore and underscore color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget, and then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way. In very simple terms, you are worthy whether you are doing stuff and you are worthy whether you are not doing stuff. So it's like just coming back to that sense of feeling that worthiness, regardless of anything else external to you, you are already complete in everything that you are. Just to circle back on that idea that you had of, of unity and when she was saying in that quote in the book of she's just allowing everything that is to be or come into her play and come into her awareness. Ages ago, when I first started running beginners yoga classes in Wimbledon, I offered people a challenge for the week and it was to go out into the week and give somebody a compliment, a stranger, like let it be a genuine compliment, but give a compliment to a stranger. And at that moment that you give that compliment to a stranger, notice how it makes you feel as a person. Because what, often what happens is that we go out and we compliment somebody else. We are almost like elevating their sense of self. We're elevating them. We kind of raising their energy. We're raising them up. And when we do that, because we are connected, because we are all whole, we're part of the same thing. We feel good in ourselves as well. So, the more we can come back to that sense of wholeness, then when we scroll through Insta Instagram, we scroll through social media, we see these people having these fabulous slides. Instead of looking at it and going, I wish I didn't, you know, I wish I had that and I'm so separate. We can actually look at it and go, I'm so happy for this person. Like, that's amazing. Like, yay, yay them, yay me. We're all in this, like, we're all connected. This is all part of like union, which is a really tough thing to do because in our society, we are so conditioned to believe that um, the external things are the things that provide worthiness. The things that we do are the things that provide worthiness. But when we can connect to it from a place of wholeness, then all that stuff is completely irrelevant. Like it's, it actually doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't make difference to your sense of being connected to yourself. Yeah. That actually makes me think of a friend of mine who, um, she runs a very similar business to my own and we, you know, we're good friends and we talk a lot about business and have a lot of common interests. When things have been going really well for me in my business, like recently when I filled out my most recent run of Ground of Goddess and everything is just kind of nicely in flow. She said to me, you know what, I'm never jealous of you because when I see you doing well, it inspires me to know what's possible. And I just think that that's like the most beautiful perspective is that instead of seeing 
other people's successes as our failures is seeing other people's successes of, you know, what is possible in life. And other people's successes are your success as well. If you are connected in that sense of union and yoga, I mean, the word yoga translates to yoke, which means to unite, which is union. And it, it, I mean, so many of these teachings, the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. So it's about being able to have a sense of worthiness, have a sense of openness. And, you know, physically yoga is such a good thing because it physically opens the body up. So we're not just scrunched over looking down at our phones, like kind of in our own little bubble, but we are open and we are standing upright. We are receiving the world even so that we can then translate that into receiving on a different level. Mm. And I think that also means sometimes we may receive things that we don't want to receive on the, on the surface level, but being open and allowing ourselves to receive everything that is coming to us and knowing that everything that is meant for us is. So instead of being like, oh, I want to, I want to be really successful in this aspect of my life and then being like, but I don't want it to happen in this way. It needs to happen in that way. It's like sometimes like things happen in unexpected ways and being open to seeing the magic of the universe. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a really interesting thing to be able to just allow what is without all these extra stuff that we, we tend to put on it, but it is, it is hard and it's always a practice because, well, I don't know, it depends how far you are along this journey, but if, if you come and you arrive at this place of worthiness and wholeness, then there's no more work to be done. Like, but to get to that place is quite hard because we so up in our heads all the time. And so if we can move that energy from our heads down to our hearts and we can live really from this place of, of love, of completeness, of wholeness, like I think that can, I mean, that would change the world, to be honest. I, I think that actually it's quite easy to get to that place. The challenge is staying in that place and staying connected to that place because I have this, um, you know, conversations with my clients and it's probably no surprise that what comes up a lot is, oh, I don't feel good enough or I don't feel worthy. And this is like the story that most people have on repeat. But then when I just get them to slow down for a moment, take a few deep breaths, really get back in their body and really connect to their heart. And I say, you know, ask your soul voice or your inner voice or your heart voice or, you know, whatever works for that person. Am I good enough? Is the answer yes or no? Am I worthy? Is the answer yes or no? The answer is always yes. Mm -hmm. And it's, they can access that within like 60 seconds, maybe, you know, just by slowing down, taking that breath, getting connected. But I think it's that that separation that we create when we place our energy and attention constantly outside of ourselves. So I think the practice isn't necessarily accessing it. The practice is keeping it or Mm. or staying in that place for more of your day. And Mm. progress is the more time you can spend in that space each day. In my journaling that I um, was reflecting on this, I was thinking, you know, when you're connected to source, it's a little bit like a Wi-Fi signal. Like the, the longer that you can stay connected to that sense of wholeness, completeness, love, source, natural creative intelligence, creativity. And the more that you can stay there is like your Wi-Fi signal is really, really strong. So that then is your ability to receive is really, really easy to receive when you can stay close to the source. Super fast downloads. (laughs) Super fast downloads. And this is what we're looking for, right? We're looking for like this, this really easy flow of energy flow of Wi-Fi between the source and between whatever it is that we are receiving onto our devices or into our hearts. And when we start to distance ourselves from 
that source, we're still always connected to it. But as we move away from it, it gets weaker and weaker. So I then wrote down some practices for me that that help almost like if you think about electricity, you want to think like the source is your power socket and you need that plug to be plugged into that power socket so that you can receive the electricity and plugging that in is the openness. So you've got to take a practice that is maybe challenging is maybe really outside your comfort zone. Uh, maybe it's something new, but plugging yourself into that plug is that first opportunity to just be open to what's coming. And then once you've built your worthiness, then you can receive that, that current, that flow of energy. So I've got some practices and maybe you can add to them of how we can get closer to source or how we can get closer to our source energy or creativity, love, joy, whatever it is, same thing. The first one that I've got is to create. And for me, which was interesting, I um, only really realized this several years down the road, but straight after I ended at the end of this really, um, really challenging relationship in my life, the day that that relationship ended, I started a blog, which was this creative outlet that I just needed to do something. And I think having something that you can do that connects you back to that natural creative energy, that natural creative intelligence, that love, that source, that it's all the same thing. It doesn't matter what you call it. But for me, that was just the act of creating something plugged me back into a place that was closer to that sense of consciousness, whatever it is. And I think maybe creating something for people is an easy way in if you are not, if you are not on the spiritual realm yet or not on the spiritual path yet. So that was the first one that I had. And I also just want to add there, like creating something is like, for you, it's like art and the amazing things that you do, but it can be creating a nourishing meal. Exactly. Building Legos with your yes. child. Making yes. a doll's house. It can Playing. And castle. It can yes. be anything. Yes. It's getting you back. Creativity for me is not about, you know, the thing that you do. It's about the energy that you approach it with. So it's that curiosity, that playfulness, that light-hearted laughter, joyfulness. Like that's the essence that you're looking when you're trying to create something thing um, or when you are creating that's when you get into that flow energy which is exactly what you're looking for when you're trying to plug yourself back into that source so create is, is the first one that I've got which I think is quite an easy access point then we've got journaling so I think just sitting and almost like having a conversation with yourself if you can your head can maybe ask some questions and then you maybe close your eyes and let yourself answer the questions from a deeper place within you so not maybe the first answer that comes up into your head but from maybe the heart or maybe the gut if that's where you read sensation from your body but having that opportunity to slow down as you mentioned before and just really write out what you are feeling from a deeper place and then I've got um, meditation so meditation is really a good place where we can receive guidance, where we can, you know, listen to our inner voice, listen to ourselves, listen to something maybe that's coming through. And then I've got prayer or asking for guidance. And this might be a little bit on the more we recite for people, but I don't think it necessarily has to be relating to any specific religion or any specific dogma. It can just be asking for guidance, you know, so you can ask yourself for guidance. You can set questions for yourself, just a way to, you know, really get in touch with what it is that you're trying to 
to receive. And then the third one, or fourth, fifth one is just noticing synchronicity. So when do things start to match up? When do you have a little moment when you're like, oh, that's interesting because I didn't think that that was going to happen. And now these two things have shown me or some movie repeats itself again and again, or you hear a book repeated over and over. Like notice those things and you have to be aware to be able to notice them. You have to be open to noticing them, but noticing can bring you back to that ability to really tune in and plug back into that um, natural energy. Do you have anything else to add to that? So I had a few things which are very, very simple. So one of the big things that comes up, especially in my coaching is the ability to receive compliments. I'm sure all of us have been that person at one point in time when somebody might say, Oh, your hair looks nice. Or, Oh, you know, you look like that's a, that's like that you look great today. And you'll be like, Oh yeah, you know, it's cause I finally washed my hair or you'll um, just, someone will say, Oh, that's You look beautiful in that dress. And they're like, Oh no, this is such an old thing. It's only from H and M or, you know, whatever. We tend to deflect the compliment with a little bit of dialogue Instead of just like looking someone in the eye and just say, thank you. Like not having to justify it with where the dress came from or that our hair is dirty or clean or whatever is going on. So check yourself and maybe notice like how, how do you find it? If somebody gives you a compliment, do do you have the ability to receive that compliment and just say, thank you. So that's a very accessible place for people to start in terms of this like receivership. And then the next step on that is to actually feel it because sometimes it's also easy to go, Oh, thank you very much, whatever. And then like get on with your day. And um, we don't really take the opportunity to be like, wow, that was like a really nice thing for that person to do. They they didn't have to say that, but they did, you know, and that's like, Oh, that's yummy. That's nice. Mm. So give yourself the opportunity to feel just also like on my personal journey, I think it's receive help and support. Like how many times has someone said, oh, do you need help? And you're like, no, I'm fine. Or, oh, could I help you with that? You're like, no, no, I've got this. And so sometimes what would it be like if you were to just say, yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Can you do this? Or can you do that? Or whatever it is. So these are not so much on like the woo-woo plane, but just like really, really accessible things that come up in everyday life. Furthering on from that, the final thing I had was asking for help without feeling like you have to give something in return. I think this is something I'm very conscious of is that I'll only ask someone to do something for me or ask for help with something if I feel like there's a balance in terms of what I'm giving them back or um, I'm going to pay them for a service. And I really do believe in paying people for their services, being a service-based business. But if somebody offers something, like in the example I used at the very beginning and they've offered it for free to receive that. So those are just a few things to add on in terms of just that allowing and receiving piece of the mm. puzzle. Mm. Um, just to go onto that compliments piece that you mentioned and because this is something that is a continuous practice and we have to work at it all the time and I've also been very conscious of this idea of receiving compliments because it comes up in the big leap book which I've been teaching from this past few months in the Ilsfield yoga classes and his thing as well is that you know we stop this positive flow of energy when we deflect compliments we also stop positive flow of energy when we criticize or when we start arguments with our spouses or anyone that we're in relationship with because arguments what do they do they create separation but just as I've been kind of trying to really practice this stuff 
about two weeks ago, I met up with Ian, who is the first guy that we've had on this podcast. And, and we were just chatting over coffee and he was asking about my business and how it's going. And um, I was like, you know, it's just, there's a lot of stuff that I'm managing and there's, you know, it's, it's quite like, it sometimes feels overwhelming. And he's like, sure, but Shay, you're just like a goddess. Hey, you do so well. You're just like a goddess. And it was such a, an odd compliment. Like it was a really strange thing that I kind of like let it wash over me. And then only like two sentences later, I was like, sorry, I just have to say thank you for saying that. <laughs> it's like this breaking conversation. And it was like, then there was like this awkward, like, you were taking the time to feel before. Yeah, you and I was like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Oh, this is, thank you. Like, thank you for saying that. Like I receive it. So yeah, it is, it is a really interesting thing because it's so easy for us to just let it wash over us. But if we can sit with it and really honestly, like allow that, that feeling or that compliment to come at us. Yeah. It can really help us expand. I think. Yeah. I mean, in my business as well, I, I get so many clients and past clients sending me amazing messages. Like when people have finished my programs and they're telling me like how wonderful they're doing, or I even get clients who will email me like six months or a year later and just be like, Oh, I just have to tell you this and this and this and this has been happening. And thank you so much because you played a big part in it or whatever it is. And I think it's so easy for me sometimes if I'm just getting like a message in the middle of the day, you kind of you read it, but you don't because it's in the middle of the day and there's other things you're getting on with. You don't really take the time to feel it, but then it's so easy to, for if like I've got one client who's going through a tough time and maybe not progressing as fast as she would like and I would like and just, and I'm, and so hyper-focused on that and what's going wrong instead of all the things that are going right. And it's been such a learning to really, really like allow that time to absorb the words and the kindness and just really appreciate like the love and the exchange of energy. And um, it's really what like, actually that's the whole reason why I do what I do. And if I can't take a moment to actually feel what I want to feel from doing this work, that's a big problem. It's so interesting because I think it's such a natural human thing for us to focus on the tiny little triggers that like upset us or, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not progressing as much as we want and to really let that bring us down and at the same time let or not let the, the weight of positive compliments lift us up. But uh, I know Jess Lively, who's got a really interesting podcast, she speaks a lot about this of you know, if she is allowing the negative stuff or the things that are less positive in her life, let her really bring her down. And she is allowing at the same time, she, she wants to kind of detach from that. But at the same time, then that means that she can't put her worthiness on the praise and the compliments from other people. So she's just like, whether someone praises her and, and, you know, lavishes all this like positive stuff on her, she kind of ignores it, whether she's someone like is, you know, her program hasn't succeeded or whatever with some, with one person or whatever. She also, she detaches completely from that and she just focuses on this feeling of wholeness, love, completeness. And I think that's, that's a really challenging thing to, to do because obviously we're so triggered by people's perceptions because we so often want to please everybody. And I think this is like a woman thing as well. Like we just want to make everybody happy and please everybody and make sure everyone loves us. But yeah, it's just a really interesting dynamic of, of allowing ourselves to feel that positivity. And maybe even if, if it connects to you, if you get, you know, 
positive messages or compliments and maybe put them in a little folder together or email yourself with them. And when you're having a really low day, you can just pull up that email or pull up those cards or whatever it is and just sit with them for a bit and then allow yourself to be still and feel those words in your body. Yeah, that's beautiful. So anything else you want to add on our... No, I think we've said enough. I think we've got the listeners have got some tips and things that they can take away to go and work on their receivership and allowing. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for allowing us to be in your ears today. And we look forward to hearing you. We look forward to sharing some stuff with you next week. And before I sign off, um, I just wanted to say there's been such amazing positive feedback for the podcast. And I've had two friends on either side of the world who have just shared how much they're enjoying the podcast. So thank you to Nicole, who's literally down the street from me. And then also thank you to Nicole, who is all the way in New Zealand. Zealand um, who've both messaged and said how much they're enjoying kombucha and color so thank you so much guys um, for your reviews and for leaving us feedback we really appreciate it we love the feedback it fuels the fire (laughs) (laughs) bye bye guys bye thank you for listening to another episode of kombucha and color If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Shay here. Take a moment right now to reflect on how you measure a successful day for yourself. For a long time, I measured the success of my day based on the number of Instagram likes or followers I gained, the money I made, or the amount of love or praise I received. Whilst these are wonderful things to desire, using them as a metric of success left me feeling really depleted. It was only after some honest soul searching that I've truly shifted my metrics so that now I define my success on whether I'm able to answer yes to the following three questions. Have I moved my body today? Have I breathed or sat in stillness today? Have I created something today? Move, breathe, create. When I focus on these as measures of a successful day, I am able to really slow down get out of the busyness of my head, back into my body, and manifest things from a really authentic place. What's even crazier is that when I focus on these three things, all the other shiny pennies, the money, the praise, the followers, the likes, they all flow into my life with such ease as a result of me being in an energized, calm, creative, and aligned state. It's completely changed my outlook on life, and it's made me a much happier person. I really want to share all my tools with you so that you too can manifest the things you want in your life from this energized, calm, creative, and aligned state, and feel really happy whilst doing it. Come and join me at movebreathecreate.com, where you will find ways to energize your body and calm your mind, along with creative tutorials and techniques to get you into that creative, manifesting state. 
Most yoga studio monthly memberships cost upwards of £100 a month. And you can join me over at movebreathecreate.com where you can find not only yoga practices and tutorials, but also workbook downloads, community, meditations, soul work, journal ideas, creative prompts, and inspiration, all for less than £10 a month. It's like your own personal yoga retreat space. Come connect back to your body, mind, and soul with me at movebreathecreate.com. I look forward to seeing you inside of the community.